Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1371. I'm your host, Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. Welcome to Sunday, where I've been doing some of my older shows from Job Search Radio. This was recorded several years ago. It's an interview with Alex Freund, and we talk about negotiating. Negotiating the offer, negotiating different parts of it. Hope you find this helpful. I just want you to know this was not recorded over voiceover IP. This was a phone recording. So the audio quality isn't as perfect as it normally is, and it will still work for you because the content is very good. Now with that, let's get going, okay? Hi, this is Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to Job Search Radio on webtalkradio.net. This is a show where I like to spend about a half hour speaking with a job search expert about some aspect of job hunting, which today is going to be about salary negotiation and evaluating the job offer. My guest this time is Alex Freund. Alex was a corporate director at several Fortune 500 firms, including Honeywell, Tyco International, and Sanofi Aventis. He founded Landing Expert Career Coaching in 2005 and has mentored and coached hundreds of individuals, providing them with the tools, information, marketing materials, and one-on-one preparation to succeed in any interview. Alex, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. I know you'll be a great guest for the audience. Alex, when I think of, of... evaluating a job offer. I think of it starting off with a job hunter understanding clearly what's going to be important to them in the next job or organization and that they can't really wait around until they get the offer to to figure that out. This is like preliminary work that someone needs to do. So when I coach people, that's where we really start off. Is that what you do? Yes, indeed, that's what I do. Um, I have, you know, several clients of mine that uh, are interested in my services as it relates to salary negotiations. And then we take them step by step because it's a formal process how to learn the salary negotiation. So when people first start evaluating what's going to be important to them, what sort of things do you find that they tend to focus in on as being the sorts of things that are going to be important to them in their next job? Yeah, I'll explain that in a second, but several uh, introductory comments I want to make. Please. Uh, One of the things that most people don't know, that you see, when somebody is calling you over the phone, offering you this position that you really, really wanted, you're not obligated to give an answer on the spot. And please don't. Give yourself some time to reflect on the offer. Um, You have to consider that really no job is perfect. Such a thing, such a thing as a perfect job, and uh, it requires some compromise at your end. So now, 
you are talking about what are the steps that people go through evaluating it. Well, you cannot go and negotiate unless you're very clear on what's important for you. And there are several things you have to understand before you go into the negotiation. For example, is the size of the company important for you? Um, is workspace, office, or lack thereof, does it matter to you? How about the relationship that you established with the manager in the initial steps of interview? And there are se several others. Uh, is recognition important for you? Are you looking for a job that involves challenge? Many people talk nowadays about work-life balance. Uh, commute, for example, length of commute, does that matter to you? And I can go on and on, but this is really the first step. You really must understand what's important for you. Short of that, you really cannot go into a negotiation. And also considering what has prompted you to open yourself up to this. Um, what are you trying to improve upon that your current firm may not be providing you with? Or what's driving you out the door? Is there an issue around... Uh, you know, the firm and its corporate culture, the financials of the firm. What is it that's causing you to pick your head up for a second and actually listen to this recruiter make the call or start looking uh, online for job listings? Um, you know, it's just so important to start off in that place uh, of understanding your circumstances uh, and getting clear about them because otherwise, you know, the emotions often uh, get in the way. Uh, when you get the offer, because people get really excited and act irrationally. And as you said, it's just important to slow things down a little bit uh, in order to understand clearly what the offer is and to begin the negotiation process. That's correct. So you get to the point where you now have the offer. And folks, obviously, I'm fast-forwarding past the resumes and the interviews and all that and getting to the job offer itself. So where do you start other than going, yippee, I got a job offer. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, yeah, you're very happy because this is what you really wanted. And what that meant really is first you had a LinkedIn profile and a resume that stood out. And they decided to call you in for an interview. You did go in for an interview and... Sorry to say, but besides you, probably there are two, three, four, five, six, sometimes seven, even more people that are competing for the same job. And guess what? You are the lucky one or, or probably the individual who best performed in the interview process. And they point their finger to you and they said, you I want in my organization. So that's a wonderful feeling. Of course, you're very excited. But at that point, it behooves you to start examining what is the offer what are the details of the offer? And you really need to check them out. Interestingly enough, uh, during the interview process, you may ask questions and you should ask questions, but you will not get all the answers during the interview process that you really want and need in order to make a determination about is this the right job for you? Is this the right company for you? Uh, questions come to your mind, for example, is the company ready to train you and support you? Very important. I heard of an individual showed up Monday morning at 8 o'clock to work, and the boss said, okay, here is your cubicle, uh, here is your laptop. Uh, I sit, you know, in 
in the other cubicle. If you have any questions, come and see me. That was all the introduction that the individual got. Not good. Not good. Horrible. Beyond not good, absolutely horrible. Where do you start? Who do you talk to? What's your first assignment? Uh, what are the expectations? What are the deliverables? Being handed a desk and phone and, and here, get to work on what? Ridiculous. Absolutely. You also want to find out a little bit more about the company. And I'm sure prior to going in to the interview, you did your homework. But you need to be clear on some things. For example, if you work for a startup, you want to make sure there's plenty of pipeline and funding. Uh, you want to be clear whether this job is a project-based or it's a full-time employment uh, you also need to listen to your gut. As an example, how, how did the process go? Did, the, did it go poorly? Was it poorly organized? Was it well run? You get a kind of an impression from, from the moment you start talking to anybody that represents that company. Um, in some situations, you get the feeling that they really made you this offer too quickly. They really didn't get to know you. Sometimes people tell me, everything looks so good, it's, it's just almost not true. Uh, you want to evaluate, for example, was a boss enthusiastic about you joining? These are the steps that are important for you. And one thing I remember, you know, as a professional recruiter, I've changed jobs at times. And one of the things I would look for when I would visit other recruiting firms is was there a buzz in the room? I wanted to be in sales offices where there was a certain type of energy, uh, not one that was very quiet. That was appealing to me. Other people might prefer the quiet, but uh, there's a lot of information that you can actually get in an on-site interview. Um, just if you allow your senses to detect some of these nuances uh, to the firm that you're joining. Mm-hmm. One so, of the things that I suggest my clients uh, after they have done, you know, step one and step two, to move what I call step three, this is when you really compare the offer with your priorities. Again, first step, you, are, you identify your priorities, then you examine the offer, but now you sit down basically with a yellow pad, you draw a line in the middle, you put plus, on one side, minus on the other side, and you write down your thoughts, fact-based, only plain logical thoughts, and write anything you want to. Prioritize it and put it aside. Take another yellow pad. Do exactly the same thing, but at this time, don't put down your thoughts. Put down your feelings. How did it go? Does your gut tell you that it was a pleasant encounter. Does, it, does your gut tell you, I would love to work for this company? Uh, there is a lot of positive energy. Everybody was smiling. Um, everybody I encountered, you know, was very pleasant and professional. So, again, this step, you evaluate your thoughts. Again, fact-based thoughts. And then you do the same thing with feelings. And then you prioritize them. And then you are very clear of what's going on. And 
Do you suggest that people emphasize thoughts over feelings the other way around? Is it unique for each individual person? I suspect I know the answer to this one. I, I would say the latter. I would say the, the latter. You know, for my reading, I found out that the women think differently than men, especially when it comes to negotiation. Uh, happy to report that last night I made a presentation to a group and one of the ladies came to me and said, you know, I am not very comfortable with the negotiation. This is more for men and not for women. And this is not the first time that I heard this statement. So, you know, each person gives different value. Uh, some people look at the facts and emotions don't come into consideration. Yet there are people that 90% of the decision-making process is emotionally based. So again, we are very, very different. It's interesting you bring up that gender remark uh, because what I was going to say was that, and there are a lot of men who think they negotiate better than they actually do. Yep. Uh, so she may just be conscious of the fact that she's uncomfortable with it. I just find that a lot of people, uh, male and female, don't really negotiate for themselves particularly well. I don't know if that's been your experience or not. I agree. Uh, this reminds me very much, Jeff. You know, I deal with people that their job is to negotiate on behalf of the company. Uh, they are in the purchasing department, and, you know, that's what they do the whole day. And some of them are very good at it. Yet, when it comes to negotiate for themselves, it's a very, very different story. So, so true. Folks, you're listening to Job Search Radio on webtalkradio.net. We'll be back with more from Alex in just a moment, but I first want to provide you with my Job Search Insider tip for this show. And this one is about how well mock interviewing can help you with your interview preparation. Now, what's a mock interview? Well, it's a, a, a practice interview. It's an opportunity where you can sit down with someone who's not the hiring manager of the firm that you're interviewing with and rehearse with them. And there are various different forms of mock interviews these days. One can be a video interview, because these days more and more firms are doing video interviews in part of the preparation. Others can be by phone and, of course, in person. Now, there are two different types within each of those categories that I encourage people to rehearse for. One is the typical HR interview. And you can have anyone that you know prepare you in that way by doing Google searches of questions, behavioral interview questions, traditional HR-related questions that would allow them to hear your answer, compare it with some of the suggested answers that they can find online, and observe, not just simply listen to your answer, but observe your behavior and manner uh, as you answer questions. And the other uh, category would be in the professional answers. And there I always encourage people to find a, a colleague or a former colleague or a former manager to participate in the process because that person knows your field. And that person can ask you the tougher professional questions that are designed to really extract from you whether you're prepared to talk about what you've done and how you went about doing it well enough for a skilled interviewer. 
So that's my tip for this week. Let's come back to Alex and continue our conversation about salary negotiation. So we were at the point where we were talking about uh, how someone should sit down with a pad or, of course, sitting at their um, uh, their tablet or, or desktop or laptop computer to to kind of figure out what their thoughts are about the offer and the opportunity and what their feelings are about the offer and opportunity. So let's assume that they've done this already. What's the next step in the process for them? Well, of course, at this point, you have to do some work. You have to perform your due diligence. And let me remind the audience that most offers can be negotiated. Now, I understand that in union situations or some of the government jobs, you can't. But again, most offers can be negotiated. Very important this stage, you define your ideal, your deal point, I meant to say, and the deal breaking points. You need to have a number in your head by which you say, if they pay me a penny less than X, unfortunately, I cannot consider it. Very important for you to have that figure in your mind. Also, be reminded, you must be flexible. As I said earlier, no job is perfect. Uh, you really need to walk in with a salary range in mind. And there are several websites where you can find out this sort of range. For example, salary.com, salarylist.com. And there is another one which I consider excellent. It's called payscale.com. This one, you have to pay for the service. But indeed, you get very good information for that. And when you speak about deal points, we've been, you've been, you were talking about the financial deal points. Yes. Uh, are there other deal points that you suggest people get clear about at this time? Oh, yes. Uh, at this point, you know, after you've done your due diligence, you, you, again, you keep going and you identify areas besides the money. Uh, because, you know, I have to tell the audience something that I tell my kids all the time. It's not what you make, but what you keep. If you make higher salary, for example, in New York City, but the commute to Manhattan costs you $600 a month, well, guess what? This is money you will not have at the end in your pocket. So you keep doing the due diligence, and you need to consider lots of things such as medical coverage. Nowadays, it's a very big dollar amount. Do they provide you something like dental coverage or vision coverage? Many companies provide you life insurance, um, 401ks, pension, retirement plans. How, the, how about vacation time? Very important. A religious holidays, for some people, very, very important. Floating holidays. Uh, how about sick leaves? And for women, maternity leave. And for men as well, in fact. Uh, do they have stock options, profit sharing? Uh, how about the relocation? Very often, you'll need to relocate. That is very, very expensive. Some people want to continue studying. Are they going to help you with tuition reimbursement? Uh, These days, tuition reimbursement is incredibly important because for so many people... Uh, you know, you're going to be going in, you're in professions where continuous education is critical for you. And if a firm is going to pay for that 
certification training or for you to return for your master's or PhD while you're working for this firm or if you're in a profession that they'd be paying for your undergrad degree. Very expensive to come out of your own pocket these days. Uh, so these, these are things to get very clear about in order to ensure that you don't have surprises because uh, you may laugh when I say this, surprises are very, very <laughs> unlikely to be pleasant uh, when you're dealing with a, a, a job opportunity. Most surprises are, shall we say, bad surprises. Yeah. I'm also working, Jeff, with some people that have little children. And for parents, it's very important to know, for example, if they have on-site or off-site child care, and often the company pays for it entirely or pays a portion, it's subsidized. Talking about subsidy, very often the cafeteria, the employee cafeteria is heavily subsidized. Another thing to consider, many companies nowadays have a gym on-site or off-site. They subsidize that. All this boils down to money. As I said earlier, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Absolutely true. Um you have taxes in, from one state to another. Um, you and I are, I, I'm no longer in the New York area, but I've lived there most of my life. And the difference between New York State and New Jersey taxes, for example, uh, are really quite interesting. Um, for years, it used to be if you commuted into New York, you paid both New York State and New York City taxes. That's no longer the case. But you paid... Uh, taxes to two jurisdictions, and then there were different ways each state handed, handled, uh, you know, the home interest deduction. It became an expense to deal with your tax return that you never had to contend with before if you started working in New York. So lots of little details because, as you said so well, it's not your gross number that's important; it's the net number at the end of the that's day. Right. So you've gotten your due diligence done. You've found out all the answers to these kinds of um, benefits-related things. And you know what the salary is that's offered. Now what? Now you're going to negotiate. <laughs> that, that's all what we did up to this point is just to get to this point that you are ready now to negotiate. Now, please accept the following fact. Most employers expect you to negotiate. In fact, they will appreciate if you come in and you negotiate with them. But when I say negotiate, again, you ha it has to be amicable. It has to be friendly. It has to be both parties have to have good intent. Um, if you're stubborn, if you're stuck, uh, you know, it, it will not go very well. So negotiation should be a very friendly exchange. Uh, you know the saying, if there is a will, there is a way. This is what I have in mind right now. Now, here is how you do it. Assume you just received in today's FedEx an envelope that has the offer. It's in your hand, and it starts with the word congratulations. Well, you have an offer in your head. Now, here is what you do. You pick up the phone and you call. Hopefully, you're able to reach the person who is going to be your boss. He's an individual that holds and is responsible for the budget. Try not to negotiate with the HR. But HR cannot negotiate. HR is only the middleman. So you try to talk to the boss, to the individual that you will be reporting to, and you start with an unusually high level of enthusiasm. I want to emphasize that. 
you really want to show, and sometimes people feel very, very uncomfortable with this, but you have to show a very heightened, elevated level of enthusiasm that you got that offer. It just came today in that FedEx envelope. And then you say something like this, but I would like to talk with you about several issues. Can we talk about it now? And probably they'll say yes. And at that point, you outline what are the things that you would like to discuss. And very important you, that you lay it out up front all two, three, four, hopefully not more than four things that are important and you want to negotiate. Don't give it to them piecemeal. I'm reminded, if you remember, there was a series, a t- TV series with Colombo, the detective. Mm-hmm. And you yes. always turn around and said, oh, just one more question. Please don't do that when you negotiate. Lay it out on the table. These are the things that I would like if we can talk about making improvement. And in response, they may say, I can give you number one. Unfortunately, I cannot give you number two. Yes, we can talk about number three. And number four, I need to check with whoever and I'll get back, back to you. But give it, lay it all out on the table at once. I know uh, large companies, for example, can't negotiate on the insurance coverage. They have an institutional policy that they offer this plan or these plans to their employees, and that's that. But there might, but there might be a way that you might get, um, shall we say, um, additional monies to pay for the deductible or the amount that's taken from your check to pay for the insurance if it's not quite satisfactory to you. Indeed. Are, are there other kinds of benefits that people can negotiate for? Yes, of course. Vacation. Assume the policy is that the starting employee will start with two weeks vacation. Well, very often the hiring manager has a little bit of latitude, perhaps to give you three, possibly even four. Um, Perhaps they cannot help you with the salary, but a one-time sign-on bonus, very, very accepted. There are many other things that you, for example, assume in the past, twice a year, you were used to go to national conferences, and the company paid for it, and now you want to make sure that you are able to, again, go to these conferences, representing yourself as well as the company, and this is something that definitely could be negotiated or could be cleared up front. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Alex. So now you've done the negotiation. What, what do you do now? Well, we are at the last step now. It's time to make some decisions. And my suggestion always is consult with your spouse, advisors, people you trust, career coach, definitely. Uh, They are impartial. They don't have emotion in this process, and they can tell you the true picture. At the same time, listen to what they say, but listen to your instinct. Very, very, very important. And, you know, once you come to a final decision, hopefully you will sign uh, the dotted line. You'll accept the position, and then you send it back to them, and hopefully come Monday you start going to work. You make it seem so easy. And I know from experience, 
so many people agonize over their choice, but I, I think you've given the listeners a great methodology to go through in order to evaluate or to prepare to evaluate and then to evaluate and decide on a, a, a job offer. Is there any other detail or uh, suggestion that you have uh, that would be helpful to the listeners uh, as they go through this process? Absolutely, absolutely. We are Americans. We live in American culture. Oh, you're, you're thinking that all my listeners are in the U.S. They're not. This is a global audience, so make sure we, okay. we're going to separate the U.S. audience and the international audience here. Well, how about if I say you and I are Americans, okay? There we go. And, and, uh, but you see, in this culture, we are not accustomed to negotiate. In other cultures, by the way, if you travel East, China, India, Turkey, Middle East, it's very common for them. For them to negotiate salary comes so much easier than to the Native Americans. So how do you overcome it? There's, in three words, I can summarize it. Practice, practice, and practice. And I do this all the time with my clients. And I am acting like a tough manager and I want them to say the right words again and again and again. And believe me that after three or four times that we do this, they start feeling very comfortable. And then I let them loose, and they can go and do it live with the people. Typically, they get incredibly, incredibly improved uh, benefits vis-a-vis -vis what they were offered initially. So, interestingly, I did my tip today about mock interviews. It sounds like you're suggesting they do a mock salary negotiation as well. Absolutely, and frankly, that's a part of my services that I provide to my clients. Wonderful. Great, great approach, Alex. Thank you. And thank you for making time to to speak with my listeners uh, about how to enter into a salary negotiation. How can people reach you? Well, several ways. Uh, my phone number is 609-333-8866. People can email me, very simple, alex at landingexpert.com. I have a website, landingexpert.com. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to get even more from me. First of all, visit my website, www.thebiggamehunter.us. I have several thousand blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read to help you find your next job. If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I've curated my information with a focus on interviewing. If you have a few questions, contact me through the Magnify app for iOS. That's Magnify with an I at the end or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash The Big Game Hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, speaking with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help with a salary negotiation, my trusted advisor services, as well as scheduling me through for Magnify or for PrestoExperts.com. Like you, I don't work for free.
You can also take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands of courses, not just simply mine. It is a great resource in a variety of different areas. Subscribe to my other podcast, which is called Job Search Radio. This one is number one in Apple Podcasts. Job Search Radio is number two. Subscribe to both. You will get great information seven days a week from this show, six days a week from the other. Lastly, I want to encourage you to join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 500 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're building a supportive group there to provide advice and counsel during difficult times. Again, the group on Facebook is called Career Angles. I'll be back tomorrow with more. In the meantime, have a great day. Be great. with the helpful hardware folks this thanksgiving think outside the oven and get thanks grilling with ace get a new grill and choose from top brands like traeger weber and big green egg to add even more flavor to your thanksgiving turkey side dishes and desserts plus right now get free assembly and delivery on all grills and accessories 399 and up for the best help on the best grills stop by your local ace and get thanks grilling ace rewards members only through december 24th see participating stores for scheduling or exclusions Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This Thanksgiving, think outside the oven and get Thanks Grilling with Ace. Get a new grill and choose from top brands like Traeger, Weber, and Big Green Egg to add even more flavor to your Thanksgiving turkey, side dishes, and desserts. Plus, right now, get free assembly and delivery on all grills and accessories $3.99 and up. For the best help on the best grills, stop by your local Ace and get Thanks Grilling. Ace Rewards members only through December 24th. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions.